You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, September 10th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. It's not too late to listen to the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 for previews of each team and every division from our local experts and Odyssey's NFL experts. Search Ultimate Season Preview 2021 today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. The show's name is Locked On Jets. If you enjoy it, subscribe to it where podcasts are found. We will deliver new episodes to your device each day as they're posted. And while you're at it, leave this show a five-star review. It helps us out quite a bit. Really do appreciate it. Week one NFL action. The New York Jets are visiting the Carolina Panthers. Let me tell you something. Through the years, I have not loved the way we've done Friday game previews. So I'm changing things up a bit this year. And at least at the beginning of the season, I'm going to try and have a guest on each Friday to talk about the upcoming game. And joining me today is my good friend, McGregor Wells. He writes with me at gangreennation.com, one of the best, most insightful writers you can find covering the New York Jets. McGregor, thank you so much for joining me today. Wow, that was quite an introduction. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I meant every word, McGregor. You should check his articles out at gangreennation.com. Now I'm a little biased because it's my own website, but he writes some really great stuff. And McGregor, I approach this game with excitement. It's a new era of Jets football. We get to see Robert Sala. We get to see Zach Wilson. If you take out Adam Gase's disaster week one against Buffalo two years ago, A lot of the recent Jets coaches have had successful debuts. Todd Bowles won his first game against Cleveland. Rex Ryan won his first game at Houston. Eric Mangini back in 2006 won at Tennessee. But I also approach this game with a little bit of trepidation, not so much from what the result may be, but from what the reaction may be, especially if Carolina goes out and has a big game, Sam Darnold plays well, and maybe Zach Wilson doesn't. What are your views? Do you have the same trepidation that I do? Yeah, I think if the if the Carolina Panthers trounce the Jets, there's going to be a lot of overreaction, and there's going to be a lot of angst about, oh, my God, we made the wrong move. We did should have kept Darnold. But the bottom line is it's one game. It just happens to be Darnold playing against the Jets, and, and any quarterback in this league can have a big game against any team in this league on any given day. And so if that happens – it really doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, maybe at the end of the year, we'll have a better sense of whether it was the right decision or not to, to let Darnold go. Personally, having seen Zach Wilson so far, I think it was the right decision. But whatever happens during this game won't really determine the outcome. So if you are listening Sunday night, just know that this is the Friday show. So we've said this before the game. I look at this matchup between Sam Darnold and this group of Jets corners and If you've ever heard the expression, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object, this is almost the opposite to me. This is the stoppable force versus the movable object. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good way to put it. The the Jets defense has got holes all around the the whole field and, and, 
And Sam Darnold has been pretty much a disaster since he's been in the league, but he has had some good games. So it's not like he's never succeeded in this league. So, and also, you know, what he had to work with with the Jets was significantly worse than what he has to work with with the Panthers. I mean, that Panther, those Panther weapons are really good. And he never had anything like that with the Jets. So I expect him to be significantly better this year just because of the personnel around him. So I, I think it's a mistake to discount him as, ah, he's a terrible quarterback and he's never going to do anything. He may be, but we'll see how he does with, you know, really good weapons he's never had before. How do you think the Jets deal with Christian McCaffrey in this game? Because I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I don't know that they're going to have a whole lot of success. I mean, I know C.J. Mosley in the past has had some success uh, with when he was with the Ravens shutting down McCaffrey, but that whole Ravens defense was outstanding. Um, I don't know if you can attribute it just to Mosley. And when you talk about isolating him on guys like Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza and Nasruddin, it's – <laughs> that's about as big a mismatch as you can get in this league. I, if the Jets can shut down, I mean, not even shut down, just limit Christian McCaffrey, they're going to win this game. But I, I, don't, I really don't see that happening. I think McCaffrey's going to go wild against this Jets defense. And this is one of the challenges because it's very difficult for the Jets to try and focus on what's happening underneath with this group of corners, especially against Robbie Anderson, who, as we know, is a very good deep threat. I mean, I think these corners might need some safety help in this game. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. These corner, these corners are are a mystery. I mean, <laughs> and the amount of optimism amongst Jets fans for these, you know, late round rookie quarterbacks is really surprising. I guess there's always optimism about guys you don't know yet. But come on, the quarterback is a position that even really good corners tend to struggle their first year, and you know, these guys were passed over by every team in the league for five rounds at least. So so to expect them to come in and be able to compete against the kind of weapons Carolina has, I think that's a really tall order. I think there's a, if the Jets' pass rush doesn't get to Darnold consistently, this is going to be a long game for the Jets. Yeah, and to me, that's kind of the key on defense. It, it's about Quinn and Williams. It's to a lesser extent about Sheldon Rankin's. To an even lesser extent, it's probably about guys like Bryce Huff and John Franklin Myers and Shaq Lawson, but really that interior pass rush. And the Panthers do have some issues up front. This was not a great offensive line to begin with, and they're going to be missing one of their starters in this game. There's an opportunity there, and one thing we do know about Darnold, even though it wasn't all his fault, he's not been a guy who's handled pressure all that well in his career, and especially a pass rush up the middle that could be an equalizer for this group of corners because we know that when Darnold gets into trouble, sometimes he just throws balls up for grabs. He makes some ill-advised passes. Yeah, you could see some interceptions coming off of that the uh, the pressure on uh, internal pressure, and that that would you know really help for the Jets to win this game is get some turnovers. Um, and Darnold has certainly been accommodating with the turnovers over the course of his career. Um, but you know, it, it's it's there's definitely an opportunity here for the Jets you know, it pass rush, especially the internal pass rush to dominate that weak internal uh, line for, for the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, even the best guys don't tend to have like four or five sacks on a, in a given game, even against a weak line. And, and if Quinn Williams is the only guy who can produce pressure, I think that's a problem. And, you know, Sheldon Rankins hasn't really done much since 2018. So the Consider him, well, he's a given. He's going to go and have a tremendous game against Carolina. I think it's a mistake. I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see, but it would be nice. But, I mean, if, if Quinn Williams is the only real threat, 
you can shut that down. Just just double team him every play. And you know he's he's good. He's really good, but he's not good enough to defeat a double team every play. I don't think. This gives me a chance to be the voice of the people. What if I go out there and predict four sacks for Quinton Williams here on Sunday? Now you've said it won't happen. So I'm going to be the voice of the people, the voice of the Jets fan and say four sacks for Quinton Williams. He dominates this game and the Jets win. How about that? From your lips to God's ears. Well, maybe to get ready for the game, Quinnen will have some Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. There are nine delicious flavors, and if you have not yet tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. Not only is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar, it's healthy too. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. And this is an interesting Jets team from the standpoint that you have a rookie quarterback, but I do think there are some pretty good pieces on this offense. And through the years, whether it was Todd Bowles, whether it was Rex Ryan, this team has been defensive dominated for a long time. And it seems to me like this may be the first Jets team in recent memory that could be driven by the offense. Yeah, I think you're right. On paper, the offense looks better than the defense. And depending on, you know, the development of the Zach Wilson, it could, it could be a really a decent offense that can, that can uh, put up some points this year, which uh, outside of 2015, when, when has this team has had, had something like that? It's been a long time. Absolutely. Now, I do think there's a bit of a question mark in this game, and it comes in the form of Elijah Vera Tucker. And I think that there are two different angles here. The first is that obviously he's just a rookie, and I don't care how decorated you are. I don't care how much the scouting reports loved you. You never know how a guy is going to perform until he actually gets onto the NFL, onto an NFL field. But beyond that, there's also how much time he missed in training camp and the preseason, and I'm wondering what kind of an impact that's going to have on offensive line chemistry, because on the offensive line, that's important. The guy Knowing what the guy next to you is going to do can make a big difference on, on a play-to-play basis. Yeah, it's a big, big thing, and I think people are, again, um, overestimating what the Jets have here. Um, you know, I, I like the pick. I think a lot of people like the pick, but you know, offensive line is a position that takes a while to develop generally in the NFL. It's not like running back where you come and hit the ground running and have your best year of your career, you know, right out of the gate. It's <laughs> Offensive line is difficult. It's difficult to adjust to the pro game. And as good as Vera Tucker might end up being without having any preseason whatsoever and becoming off an injury, I, I suspect he's going to have some struggles in this game. And you are just full of sunshine today for us, aren't you? <laughs> Look, I, I actually think the Jets are, are, are for, for the first time in maybe a decade and maybe more than that, set up for a new decade of success. I think you've got a real chance of having a GM, a quarterback, and a coach, all of which are above average. That would be something you just never see with the Jets. I'm really optimistic about the future. I hope it happens. But right now, today, I think the Jets have a ton of holes. Absolutely. And this is a team that's still very much near the beginning of its build. But you mentioned something when we were talking about Vera Tucker about how running back is a position where sometimes you get a guy who is a plug and play type player, goes in, has immediate success. What are your initial expectations for Michael Carter this year? 
I was very optimistic about him when we drafted him. And I don't know, maybe you have different insights about this, but I didn't see a ton during the preseason that said, wow. You know, I expected him to make some really impressive plays at running back, back. And I didn't think he looked better than, say, Ty Johnson. In fact, I thought Ty Johnson looked better than Michael Carter. And that surprised me. So hopefully he's just, you know, adjusting to the league. And, and maybe I just saw it wrong. I mean, I, you know, preseason action is hard to judge sometimes. But personally, I wasn't that impressed with Michael Carter. And I was disappointed that I wasn't. How about you? I'm going to be the man of the people again. I'm going to say he's saving his impressive moments for the regular season. Okay, good. We're gonna see that. We're gonna see it on Sunday. We gotta be optimistic. It's week one. If we we can't be optimistic now, when can we be optimistic? <laughs> I'm very optimistic about the future. I just don't know about today. <laughs> right, we're, we're gonna get you to be optimistic about something in this game. So let's go to Elijah Moore. And I know, listen, I know he's missed some time, but all you heard in training camp before he got hurt was how electric he looked. And this is the kind of guy I think. Normally, I like to be very cautious when you're talking about rookies. It's a tough adjustment moving from college to the NFL. But this is the type of player who I think can breathe a lo- breathe new life into this offense. And I think sometimes maybe we underestimate the difference one impact player can make. Yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore is 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 brilliant. I mean, I don't I, I could be wrong, but. Uh, he really impresses me, and this this is a kind of guy that can break a game open. And how how many times have the Jets had game breakers for for forever? I mean, this is the kind of guy that can have two long touchdowns in a game, and this fourteen points was just two receptions. I mean, you don't have that those guys in the Jets almost ever. It's been a long, long time, and I'm I'm thrilled to have this guy on the team. I think he's going to be a big difference maker, and I think. Corey Davis is also a much better receiver than he's given credit for. I think Corey Davis is going to have a big year for the Jets this year. And when you get back to Moore, we've talked a little bit about how this could be a struggle for the Jets defense. And you may need in this game against Carolina, a big player two on offense. You may need like a 70 yard touchdown just to kind of keep pace. If this is going to turn into a shootout type of game. Yeah, and I think he's the perfect guy to do it. If, if anybody's going to make it, those kind of plays in the Jets, it's Elijah Moore. And I just, I'm thrilled to see, actually see him in game action. This is going to be fun. And I'm also excited to see the Zach Wilson Corey Davis connection in a real game because just from my couple of days of training camp, it did seem like those two were developing a real chemistry. And I, I think that Moore is going to be the explosive player on the offense. But Davis is going to be the reliable guy, the guy who knows how to run routes, you know, guy who can come up with a big catch when you need one. And I see him playing a big role in this game, maybe on some some clutch downs. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be a handful for for the uh, for the cornerbacks of uh, the, the Panthers, who aren't all that good. And he's a very physical player, and he he wins contested balls consistently. Corey Davis is going to have a huge year for the Jets. You, I'm telling you, this guy is going to have 1,200 yards for the Jets this year. It's going to be huge. And as you mentioned, these corners for Carolina are not the greatest group in the NFL. And I'm just going to relay something I remembered. And I was not there every day in training camp. I was there a couple of days. But there was one thing that really jumped out at me. And that's whenever Corey Davis in camp, when I saw him in these practices, was lined up against Blessed Austin, you knew where the ball was going. You knew Zach Wilson was throwing to Davis. And it was going to be a completion. And that's to me is like a way you can simplify things for a quarterback in his first game. When he sees a matchup he likes, which he should with Davis against these Carolina corners, it's going to be very easy to just go there and hopefully there'll be some completions open for him. 
Yeah, I think that's 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 right. I think Davis is going to be a, a real key to this game because with Brian Burns on one side and 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 uh, Reddick on the other side, um, this is going to be a a big problem for the Jets tackles to to keep uh, Zach Wilson upright. And the way to, to the way to deal with that is some some shorter completions and contested windows. Davis is the guy. Davis is going to get a lot of balls thrown to him this this this, this game. And this game is going to be a big test for Mackay Becton, I think. There were all kinds of reports in training camp how he was struggling against Carl Lawson. And there are a number of different ways you can interpret that. Now, the pessimistic interpretation is that Mackay Becton was struggling. A more optimistic interpretation might be something like Carl Lawson was really good, or maybe Carl Lawson's just the style of rusher Becton struggles against. I don't want to put too much emphasis on week one for any player, but there are some players I think this game means more to than others. And I think off the kind of camp Becton had, he can, if nothing else, alleviate some concerns about his pre his training camp performance. If he goes out and plays a good game and maybe shuts down these Carolina edge rushers. Yeah. I, I think Burns is a very difficult matchup for him. Um, I think he's going to dominate in the run game. Um, but Against the pass rush of Brian, I just think it's a terrible matchup for Beckton. We'll see. But those kind of speed guys and smaller guys, I don't know. I think Beckton is a really huge guy that has a difficult time getting down low and getting the leverage for these guys trying to get around the edge. We'll see. Um, but, um, yeah, if he could come up with a big game and, and not allow any, any pressures, that would be an enormous plus for the Jets. You know, I had you. I should have stopped with Elijah Moore because we were we were feeling so good about things there, and now we've got back to <laughs> back to about how this is a bad matchup for him. Although I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Mike Lafleur maybe give if Beckton gets off to a slow start, maybe Burns beats him for a sack early. That could be a situation where maybe you start giving him help. And yeah. I guess it's one of the catch twenty twos for the Jets at the tight end position when you're starting a guy like Tyler Croft. Is that he's not a great receiver, but on the other hand, I think that makes it. That means you're giving up less if, like, you have him stay in or even, like, have a chip before he's releasing into his route. So, you know, maybe that's an area the Jets can help Beckton out if he has an issue against Burns. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. And that would be a good way to neutralize Burns if he's given if he's a given Beckton problem. I think Tyler Croft could be a huge help there. Now let's talk about an area that quietly, I think, kind of got an overhaul over the course of the offseason, and that's special teams. And there are a number of different areas we can go to here. Matt Amendola, he kicked well in preseason. It looks like he's going to be the Jets kicker, to my surprise. In all honesty, I figured the Jets would look to add somebody after the cuts. I don't really know what to expect from him. I would not be shocked if he if he attempted the field goal, either won or lost the Jets the game. I'm not sure whether there's any other insight to be had. I mean, I think he's just a giant question mark. A giant leg, though. Good Lord, does that guy have a leg? I mean, he could hit 65-yard field goals. How how long? How long? We've never had a quarter kicker like that. I'll answer the question: Never. There's never been a good time when the Jets had a kicker like that. The Jets say they can. They've identified uh, mechanical issues that they can deal with and they can fix, and they that will fix his accuracy issues. If they're right, they they found themselves a weapon. But if they're wrong. You're going to get a guy connecting on, you know, 70% of his field goals, which just doesn't cut in the NFL. But, he, I mean, that leg is, is fun to watch. He, he's got an enormous leg. Oh, now I'm going to be the pessimist because a thought entered my head when you said that. Do you want to hear it? I want to hear it. So you can be the man of the people now going forward. It's just okay. when, you, when you mentioned the big leg and they think they can fix it, I got flashbacks to Corey Vedvik two years ago in that horrendous loss to Buffalo. 
boy, I mean, people were raving about that guy, and he just washed out of the league, didn't he? Yeah, well, we'll see. But I don't know. I, I, I really like the potential of Amendola. If, if for nothing else, he can put the ball out of the end zone every single time if he wants. There's never a time where, where it's going to be an issue of they don't want to return. They just absolutely no returns, say, at the end of the game where it's just, you know, we absolutely cannot have a return for a touchdown. He's going to put it out of the, out of the end zone every single time if he wants to. That's a, that, 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 that man's leg is enormous. It's fun to watch. McGregor and I are about to do some predictions for this game, and if you want to put money behind your predictions this season, Bet Online is still your number one source for pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers av- available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now let's do predictions. Do you think the Jets win this game? No. I mean, they go into the Carolina, and there's mismatches all over the field against them. I mean, look at the weapons the Jets bring compared to the weapons the Carolina Panthers bring. I mean, this is a difficult, much more difficult than people give it credit for. I think, how do you deal with, you know who I think is going to have a big game for the Panthers? I think Terrace Marshall is going to have an enormous game. That guy is huge. He's physical, and he's going up against the Jets' tiny, tiny slot corners. And that's, I think that's a huge mismatch. Um, and that, that's their third receiver, so <laughs> I, I don't know. The only way the Jets win this game is if, if, if Sam Donald serves up on a pilot, you know, a couple of, um, couple of uh, turnovers, I think, and that, then, then, then the Jets win. And that's certainly not out of the question, but um, I think that's, that's the path to victory. I'm going to be the optimist. I'm picking the Jets. I think Quinton Williams has a big game. Now, I'm not sure it's going to be four sacks, but I think we've seen it over and over. Sam – can play effectively for stretches, but it just seems like there's always that killer turnover that flips p- field position. I see Zach Wilson playing pretty effectively against this defense. I'm hoping he avoids the big big mistake, unless part of this is just hope. But I don't know. I just have a feeling that this is going to begin on a good note for the Jets, and you know, hopefully I'm right. I certainly hope you're right. Absolutely. Well, McGregor, thanks for help. Thanks for joining me today, and we hope to have you on again soon. Anytime, John. It's my pleasure. Thank you. That's our show for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found and leave it a good review. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll be back on Monday to recap it.